This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Welcome to America, the land of junk sleep, where it's bedtime, but you're double booked. Here, there's always one more deadline to meet episode to watch or meme to share the world may not want you to sleep but we do only the sleep experts at mattress firm can help you find the right bed at the right price unjunk your sleep in store or online at mattressfirm.com today Welcome to Cottage Talk. I am Russ Goldman. Joining me right now is Max Cohen. This episode, we're going to be talking about the two signings for Fulham that happened on Sunday night. We've been waiting for this, Max. So we're going to be talking about Harrison Reed becoming a permanent player for Fulham. Definitely want to get your thoughts about that. And also the fact that Fulham are bringing on loan Mario Lamina. This is interesting from Southampton. So we're going to talk about both of them. We're also going to talk about the ramifications of bringing in these players. Who could be going? So, again, a lot to talk about in this episode. And uh, if you're watching live and have a question for us, please do uh, feel free to give us a question. We might get to it during the show. First, Max, how you doing? I know it's early for both of us. What's going on, my friend? Are you yeah, excited? Yeah, I'm very excited. It's a very early kickoff. It's just preparation for the first match of the season against Arsenal. It should be 7.30 <laughs> exactly. this time. So we'll be, up, we'll be up this time next Saturday anyway. So this is fine. This is perfect. Um, but uh, it's it's great to be on again. It's a bit of a, a very short summer break, shorter summer break we've had in a while um, with Fulham. But these two signings, you know, I said, uh, you know, last season Southampton fleeced us with Harrison Reed. So this year they felt bad. They made up for it and they gave us two players. Um, so we'll take that. Uh, I think we're gonna have a really great conversation about the strength of these players. Um, yep. You know, two central midfielders, two very different players, two very different types of central midfielders. But I think everyone can agree this is good, very good piece of the business. Harrison Reed had been talked about for months. Lamina was not something we saw until quite late on. But everyone can agree we need a defender. We need a center back so badly. That needs to be the next target. Absolutely. We'll talk about that as well because uh, I definitely want your thoughts. Well, what's next? What has to happen next? I think center back, right back, our positions of need. And we'll talk about that a little bit later. But before we really get into talking about these players, I want to start here, okay? I want to get Mad Max's thoughts on the transfer window speculation. Of course, I spelled speculation wrong, so there's a Goldman there. So, Max, just give me your overall thoughts on all the speculation. It's crazy. 
I have to be honest with you, it drives me nuts. So what are your thoughts on the speculation that we have seen since uh, the window opened for Fulham? Yeah, it's, it's been madness. I think the best link was Gerard Piquet of Barcelona. Uh, that, that was just astounding. And then you had Tony Khan you know, replying on Twitter. That makes everything so much worse. In my, I mean, I, I love that, he, that he's active on Twitter, but I mean, he, he's, he's replying true and false to rumors. The best part is, Russ, he says false. There, there was a tweet that said, Fulham have put in a bid for PK and he's rejected it. And Tony Khan tweets false. And we're left thinking, is he saying false to the fact that we put in a bid? Or is he saying false to the fact that he rejected the bid and he actually accepted it? So we have no idea as a fan. Um, it's yep. just great banter. But really, the speculation is out of control. Dan Mason saying Messi's on his way. I'd love that. That, that, that would just be the chair on the top for the speculation. Um, but listen, I listen. I, everyone loves the speculation. You have some supporters who love the transfer window even more yep. than the actual season itself because there's you, you can dream. And we remember when we got promoted in 20, 2018, the transfer window, I'd argue, was the summer 2018 was the best it was the best the season ever got. It was when we were dreaming of how good we'd be with all the whatever 11 signings we got, with all the puns. That, that were unveiled. So right. we can live in the silly season. The most important thing for me is we sign players. Um, and, and these two players are relatively early by our standards. But the season starts in what? Week and a half. And we, we desperately need defenders. I'd love more speculation about defenders. But for us so far, it's really almost all been about attacking players that I've seen at least. Yep. Well, there's been some on defenders, but I just want to share this from... Dan Mason, and and uh, again, this just explains it for me. Way too much speculation. Messi's on his way. You know, again, this is the type of stuff like we talked about with the PK situation. It drives me nuts. Anyone that knows me knows this is not my favorite part of the season. I just want to know when Fulham have signed players. I was waiting so much for these two signings, and uh, but it's been frustrating, Max. You know, again, Fulham have been linked to how many different players? You know, it's just crazy, but I get it. It's its own business, Max. You know, again, you are a journalist yourself, so I understand that. But I'm going to ask you a crazy question. Do you enjoy the transfer speculation more or the actual football? And I'm going to just ask fans that because I think that there is a group of fans that really just enjoy all that silly season stuff. Yeah, I mean, for me, it definitely is the football season itself, of course. But I can see the allure and ever knows the allure of the transfer window because it's a time before the season starts it blends in with the preseason optimism that the possibilities are endless, you know, that there is no, yep. there's, there's no limit to what we can do and we can build this team of superstars and perform in the top flight. And that optimism combined with the players we're linked with combines to really honestly, it's a perfect storm and you can feel like you're on top of the world. And that's certainly how I felt in 2018. Um, but the football itself has to take, take the crown. And just one thing I know, Russ, you're always very vocal on social media. You're tired of the transfer speculation the, the crazy links. Here's my advice to everyone like you who's tired of it. Just tune out okay. the nonsense, right? And, and, and you can, everyone can just, just be a media literate person. It's, it's honestly not too hard. You look at, you look at your journalists you follow, you look at Sky Sports, BBC, The Guardian, you know, The Independent. You, you don't pay attention to The Sun most of the time. You don't pay attention to The Daily Mail, The Daily Star. You look at sites, you think, are these, yep. are these legit sites? Is this a legit link? And if you just tune out the nonsense, like PK, it came from a site in Peru. Right. Now, why would a transfer site in Peru know about a transfer between a Spanish player and an English team? And, and you think that they wouldn't. Um, so that, that, that's really my advice to people who, who are confused or, or overwhelmed by it. 
just trust the, the, the mainstream modes of information. Don't get care about Twitter, social media, and, you, and you'll be fine. Okay. Easier said than done. I'll just leave it at that because it drives me nuts. But I, I hear what you're saying. It's good advice. I'll try to take Mad Max's advice. Okay. Max, before we get in talking about those two signings, let's talk about the signing of Anthony Robinson. I haven't had a chance to get your view on this. What do you make of that? Again, we, we did a show on that uh, about 10 days ago. What do you make of this signing? Yeah, I, I love the podcast you had um, with with the Chelsea fan. It was, it was really um, with Alex. Great. With Alex, I, yep. I, a bit offended you brought a Chelsea fan on the pod, but you know he's he's an American and he knows his U.S. men's national team, so I'll let it slide. He um, absolutely does. <laughs> no, I think Anthony Robinson is a good signing. Uh, you know, I've seen him at international level. That's the main extent I can comment on him with the U.S. And he honestly has been exposed by top class players, which does make me worried about him. Um, I've seen him play. You know, the, I remember a friendly against Colombia. Uh, a couple of seasons ago in, in 2018, I'd say. And he's probably developed since then, but he had a really tough time with one-on-one defending against really good wingers. I said that to a couple of people, you know, writers from Hamian, and they kind of said to me, listen, Max, most defenders nowadays struggle with one-on-one defending. It's more about attacking and everyone's more of an overlapping wing back. So I, I hear those critiques. I think he'll give Joe Bryan good competition, but he's not, for me, Anthony Robbins is not a ready-made Premier League starter. I think he might develop into one, give him three or four years. But in this moment, I don't think he's the answer to our defensive problems. Uh, and the defense really still worries me, Russ. The answer to our defensive problems. Okay. Uh, and the defense oh. Really still worries oh, that's you, Max. I'm <laughs> actually just checking something out while we're going on. Okay. All right. Let's move on. Let's talk about your thoughts on Mario Lamina, okay? Again, this is a player that's coming on loan from Southampton. What do you make of this? I think it's exciting. I, but again, I don't want to get my hopes up too much because I, I have really learned my lesson from 2018. And, and this is a signing, I think, who I don't want to get – it shouldn't be overhyped, let's be clear. Everyone's going to say, listen, he played with Juventus. In, in the official full um, bio of him, they said he played in the Champions League final in 2017. He's, he's played for Southampton a couple of seasons in the Premier League, which I think is good. But he didn't really light the world on fire. I think most fans who know him – would know him from that kind of amazing solo goal he scored for Southampton a couple of seasons ago. Um, but I don't know if he's a dependable Premier League starter. I don't know if he's the, and certainly he's not a defensive minded center fielder. He's attacking. He's, he's great at taking players on with the ball. He holds on to the ball very well, great at dribbling. And I think he certainly has the physical requirements to play in the Premier League, which is something we missed, I think, in 2018 19. A lot of the players just too slow, too off the pace. I think Lamina will have a very quick style of play, which we'll need. But I don't know. Is, is he going to sit behind Mitro? Is he going to be a part of a midfield three as, as a more attacking player? Uh, I don't really know where he fits in right now. But again, he's a type of player which, which for me, isn't truly primarily tested. You listen, if he had been successful at Southampton, let's be honest, they wouldn't be loaning him to us. And they wouldn't have loaned him to Galatasaray last season. So right. we need to take it with a grain of salt. I think one thing I was guilty of in 2018 was getting way too overhyped with the signings we got. And a player like Lamina is someone I think we just have to wait and see play. It's hard for me to make a judgment right now. I think he'll be a good addition, but he's not. I don't think he's a player we need right now. That that's that's the that's a bottom line for me. Is we need a really true holding midfielder. We need a center back, um, and and maybe we even need a right back. Those are the three positions of need, and Lamina doesn't quite fill that. But again, he's a lone Russ, so we're not spending a mass amount of money on him. 
but I don't think he's the one we need right now. Okay. All right. Let's now talk about Harrison Reed. I want your thoughts about this. It's funny because uh, I'm going to share some thoughts from Emilio on Harrison Reed. He, again, um, I wouldn't say is doubting it, but uh, he has some interesting thoughts on Harrison Reed. I thought that they needed to bring Harrison Reed back to Fulham. What are your thoughts? Are you for this move? Yeah, 100%. Uh, this is the thing that I think Tony Khan has really improved on since the disaster of 2018 transfer window. And the disaster of that was that we couldn't bring back our loan players. We had a really nice core from the promotion season that got us up in the championship. And we lost essentially almost every single loan player who brought us up. Um, you know, people point fingers to Ollie Norwood, Matt Target, you know, Piazzone even, uh, Callas. The people who were part of the spine of that team, we just lost them as soon as we got promoted. So I think just the fact that we signed a player who got us up in Harrison Reed is a big boost to keep that continuity. It seems like Sheffield United, continuity is king for them. We need to at least try to have a semblance of that this season. And I think Harrison Reed will be good enough to start in the Premier League. And he knows the way we play. Scott Parker trusts him. He's aggressive. He's combative. He can go forward, but he can break up play. And I think that's honestly a huge need for us. As someone in center midfield who can protect that back for um, stop the opposition from getting into the rhythm. So that's why I massively rate Harrison Reed. But honestly, I would expect him to struggle a bit in the Premier League because, again, Southampton wouldn't be selling him if they thought he was Premier League ready. And he has been on loan in the championship for essentially the past couple seasons. He's not a Premier League proven player yet. So I'm not going to expect him to hit the ground running. I think there will be some issues early on in the season. Um, but at the end of the day, I'm happy we signed. Okay. Here are the comments from Emilio. This is what he sent to me. I like Reed's energy and composure. I'm pleased that he was rewarded with a Prem contract. But let's not forget the gulf between Premier League and Championship. Survival is key here. This Premier League campaign will be harder than two years ago as bottom half of the table, all very similar and capable of beating each other. So, again, he likes Reed, but he had his uh, – feelings about him during the season that again Harrison Reed will help you not lose but can he help you win that that was where Emilio was going so what are your thoughts on that he is someone that could again he's not someone that is probably going to be that force going forward I mean I mean he does but he's more of someone that is a true defensive midfielder do you think he can help you win or do you think he can stop you from losing that's an interesting way to look at it (laughs) I mean, for me, those are the same things that I'm looking for in the defensive midfielder. You know, st- stopping the attack from going <laughs> I agree. on. That's, great. that's the same as a win for me. But uh, I think the bigger part of what Emilio is saying is certainly true. And I just said that in that he's not a Premier League quality player yet. I think he'll be good in the Premier League. It'll take some time for him to get adjusted. But he's not going to be, honestly, a player who's experienced in the division. As I mentioned, he's been on loan in the championship. South, no, no Premier League team wanted him. Southampton didn't think he was good enough. He's not going to be the answer to our problems. So just because we signed Reed doesn't mean we shouldn't go and sign another holding midfielder. That, that's my opinion. Okay. And, and this is honestly more to keep the continuity, a very popular player within the dressing room. It's clear the Fulham players love him. It's clear that the coaching staff loves him. Um, this is a no-brainer to extend this loan, sorry, make the loan permanent. And I think the rumored fee is around £8 million. I think that's a great deal in today's market, especially for an English player. I totally agree, Max. And I think that's important to talk about is the type of business Tony Khan has done so far because I've heard 
people want to go back and talk about 2018, 2019 until I'm blue in the face. It's actually disgusting me at this point. It's like, oh, let's talk about 2018, 2000. Hey, they spent $100 million. Have you heard that one? No, I, I've not heard that one. Can you tell me that one? I've not heard that one. So I want to say that Tony Khan changed the way he was doing business last season, where he brought all these players on loan. And guess what? He turned them into permanent players with these options to buy. And he's actually doing the same thing with Lamina. He's doing the exact same thing. So has he learned from his mistakes? I think Tony has learned from his mistakes. This is a very good piece of business. Is Harrison Reed a starter each and every week? I think he is. I, I totally think he is. I disagree with Amelia. I love Amelia, but I disagree with him. I think you need players like this. So I think he's going to be a starter. And if you're giving me a starter for 8 million pounds, I'll take it each and every day of the week. So that's the way I'm looking at it there, uh, Max, because you know, I, I, that's the way I see it. Yeah. But I understand if people see it a different way. But I think this is a good piece of business. I think Lamine is a good piece of business. Even Anthony Robinson, look at the deals that he's made so far compared to, like you said, let's talk about two years ago. It's just completely different, Max. Would you agree with that? And even the speculation that we're seeing, it's all sensible moves. I haven't seen one except for the Watkins situation, that, that speculation that looks a little bit unreasonable money-wise. Yeah, I would agree. You know, there had not been any, you know, 25 million pound buys, which is kind of, I feel like the main thing we did in 2018. But I just want to take a step back and, and I want to give credit to Emilio because what he said and what you just read, the golf and quality, we can't forget how big the golf and quality is. We were given such a rude awakening in 2018-19 season. The Premier League is such a good league. And I, and I know it sounds obvious saying that. People say it's the best league in the world. But it needs to be repeated time and time again because players we bought in that summer of 2018 who on paper looked superb were awful for us. We're, we're, just, we're just simply terrible. Right. Like literally right. could not do a simple – you always say that do, their, do your job. Could not right. do the simple job of defending or, or playing a pass to their own team or, or marking up on a corner, Right. Remember how bad we were? In the, I, I, listen, I just say, everyone watching in tears, we were so bad in 2018. We were a terrible team who couldn't score and couldn't defend and, and shipped about the most goals in the division and wasn't even close, quite frankly. Right. We need to, we need to keep that memory of how awful that season went. It's so fresh in our minds when we're going through this time, this similar time before the season starts. The Premier League is going to destroy us unless we strengthen in the areas of center midfield, and defense. And that's just as simple as it is. The attacks are so good. In the championship, we get away with a couple mistakes. As you saw in the Premier League, you have one unforced error, and the team scores on you. They're that good. And that's what I think we really need to be realistic. A player like Harrison Reed, I think, will make mistakes, let's be honest, and they will be punished. I think altogether, it will be worth it. He will adapt, and he'll be a good defensive midfielder who will get stuck in and, as I said, disrupt the opposition play. We need so many more disruptors in the team. So many more players like Harrison Reed, if not better than him, or else we'll be in for a really, really tough season. Okay. For me, it's just about finishing one place of, above the relegation. I'm so realistic. Totally agree. Totally agree, Max. That's what it is for me. And again, I was on the EPL roundtable, and, and uh, Kevin DeVries asked me, what are you looking for for this season? What would be a successful season? 17th yeah. or better. That's all that matters at this point. I've learned my lessons. I've completely learned my lessons. I was very ambitious two seasons ago. Let's talk about the 100 million again, because I was all for that. So maybe that's why I'm sensitive to it, because I was like, okay, spend your money, uh, go for all the upgrades. 
They're not doing that this time. They are being sensible. So Tony has learned his lessons. I Will it work? Only time will tell. One other thing that I've also noticed, Max, before we move on, and uh, talk, we've already been talking about Harrison Reed and Mario Lamina. What's interesting is that I keep reading with comments from Tony Khan about how they're coming to these decisions. He's talking about him, talking about the stats guy, the coaches, but he's also talking about Scott Parker. I'm reading between the lines. Do you think Scott Parker has more say into what's going? He's part of the mix now, and maybe he was last season as well, but it seems a little bit of a shift from seasons past with Tony that, again, it was Tony, the stats guys, but I think Scott's much more involved than Savisa was. Here's what I'll say on that, because I think it's a good a good insight about it. I, I remember Tony Khan said publicly in interviews that, listen, Scott Parker's not more involved than other manager. It's just that he takes more of an interest in it. So I That's think the structure, the structure stayed the same, but I think Tony Khan respects and will recognize that Parker perhaps comes to the meetings prepared, you know, reads whatever the memos that Tony Khan puts together, has the stats already in his mind when discussing right. players. Whereas I think Slavisa, we remember all the conflict. And I think that might be attributed, Tony Khan would say, that Slavisa didn't care at all about stats. So when it came to these meetings, right. I think the same meetings took place between stats guy, Tony Khan, and manager. It's just that under the Slavisa era, Slavisa was much more combative, more resistant to the stat approach, whereas Parker is more amenable to it. And that goes back to a point when we hired Parker back, you know, last season. I think he's such a good manager because he can work within the transfer system. Whereas other managers, as Lisa showed, might, you know, throw their toys right. out of the pram and, and be very angry about it, go publicly, start start feuds. Whereas Parker can knows what he's dealing with, understands the expectations, and looks like it's worked out pretty successfully. Okay. Excellent, Max. All right. As we talk about the signings of Lamina. And Reed, we have to talk about this because there's all kinds of talk about what we're just about to talk about now. What do these two signings mean for Angisa and Sari? And it could mean one for one person, one for another. Personally, I want Angisa with Fulham. I totally want him to stay. But there's also speculation with another player from Benfica. Uh, Luis, uh, that we've seen. I don't know if that means Nguyen is gone. It kind of gives me the idea. But again, it's all speculation. It's the silly season. So what do you think about these particular two signings for Nguyen and Seri? Does this mean that they're gone? What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, yeah a good question. And uh, Steve Reynolds in the comments addressed it. Um, it of course, Tony Khan, of course, addressed it. Uh, he cites the tweet where you know a, a, man, uh, a journalist said, Seri and Angisa, two Fulham flops, are leaving. And then Tony Khan says, false. How can you call Angisa a flop? <laughs> Essentially admitting that Seri was a flop, which Here's I think... Here's a honestly, comment from, from hilar- Steve. That's hilarious. I love that because Seri is the biggest flop I think I've ever seen. That maybe maybe Kostas Mitrago is a bigger flop. But Seri is definitely top two. I, right. I would love... Honestly, I would love to get Seri out of this club. I would pay money to get, get him go. I mean, it would be a miracle if ever, anyone paid us, if anyone was stupid enough to pay us for that player. Uh, but I don't yep. think they get him out. And Geese is a different story. You know, and Geese, I think I was very harsh on early on. Um, yep. I mean, the, the memory that stays seared in my mind, I don't know if other supporters can relate to this, was a United away result. I think we lost 4 1 or something. Um, and, and just the goals United scored were so simple cutbacks um, to the edge of the 18, and the United player just tapped it in. And, and Geese and Seri just strolling back into place, watching. Right. 
their man, they should be marking, score the goal. I, I really have a hard time forgetting stuff like that. But Nguisa, to be fair, under Parker, in the last nine matches of the season in the Premier League, played well. He showed he can play in the Premier League. I, I would welcome Nguisa back. Um, I would definitely, I think what Tony Khan's doing is smart. Unless Villarreal or any other team match or very, very high at valuation, which I think is like 25 million pounds, we don't sell him. He's, he's under contract. We don't have to let him go unless the team matches our bid. So I'm happy with that. Right. Sarah, on the other hand, can go. I still think, even with the signings we have, I think Anguisa would probably still start. That's my opinion. Okay. I don't think it's affects him massively. Um, yeah, that, that's how I feel about it. Again, these are the two players who defined our transfer window last season, or two seasons right. ago. And they're both players who never played in the Premier League before. That's my big thing. I want Premier League experience. I know it's expensive, but that's the big thing, Russ. We need players who know how to play in England. And it was so clear to me that Sarah and Gisa, um, both played in the French League. It's a different style of play. It's slower. It's less physical. And that's why they weren't as successful as many thought they would be. Right. And getting back to Anissa, I really want him to come back. But when I see all this speculation, again, like you said, maybe I should be doing what you've been advising me to, just ignore it. But it's hard because you bring in two central midfielders and uh, you see the price tag and the speculation with Anguisa. You're thinking, well, he's bringing in potentially Lamina and Reed, and then he's probably going to, I'm talking about Tony Khan, get some money for, get a good amount of money for Anguisa. But I hope that doesn't happen. Even if he brings in Luis, I, I don't want to see Anguisa go. I want him to be part of the mix. But again, um, it's also a financial situation. If you get a really good bid, is the money more important than the player? Then, and that's something that I've always talked about on this show, Max. So let's just play this out. If Tony Khan gets a really sizable bid for Ngisa, do you sell him because of the money or do you say, well, he's more valuable to us? What are your thoughts about that? Where is that number? Is there a number where you say we have to sell him because the money's more valuable than the actual player himself with Fulham? It's, also, it's always an interesting situation. What's your number for Ngisa? What would make you sell Ngisa and say, you know what? It's okay. He can go. Yeah. Well, let's add another factor in there. And that's what Brian Lake said in the comments, which I really agree with. He says, you're not sure if Ngisa wants to be at Fulham. And that's a factor of does the player that's, want to play for him? That's a factor. It's huge, yep. right? That's yeah. a factor too. I'm glad, I'm glad that I was thinking the same thing. Brian, thank you so much for mentioning that because it's something that I don't think we put enough weight in. Does he want to be at Fulham? Because if he doesn't want to be at Fulham, then you should look to move him on. So, Brian, as you're seeing the comment, not sure if Nguisa wants to be a foam. Don't want to keep a player who does not want to be here. Brian, I completely agree with you. We just don't know. Yeah, so, so to that point, it was, it was clear that he didn't want to play in the championship. I think everyone was right. surprised we let him out on loan. That was one of the most obvious transfer decisions ever. This is a player who's not used to playing second division. There's no reason he should have stayed for that season. Now we're promoted, I think, he has, a, he has a right to come back. I was never wowed by him. Even in his kind of late season renaissance under Parker, he was, right. he was okay. He was fine. I still believe with the 25 or 30 million pounds we get for him, which I think that's my range, Russ, anything below 25, yep. I don't think we sell. With that money, I'm confident we can get a player who's better than him, a player who knows the league, a player who won't – because I think Angisa, he just made so many mistakes on the ball. 
he'd dribble in the most dangerous of areas, he'd lose it, and would be exposed because our defensive midfielder would be behind the ball and they'd attack and score. Yeah, he, he did get better to, towards the end of the season. We should give him time, sure. But right. I, I would not be in a position to turn down a big bid for him. That's my opinion. Some fans, I think, warmed him a little more than I do. That's fine. Let's just see where he wants to play. If we get a bid, in my opinion, he goes. And, and we get a better player because, listen, we can get better than Nguisa. That's what I have to believe is that he's not the best we have out there. Okay. I want to share this comment. Again, we're talking about Nguisa. So this is from Paul Coombe. He hasn't said he doesn't want to play for us. Look at Instagram and his looking forward to getting back to the prime. That's interesting. I've not seen that, Paul. So that's very interesting that he shared that. And again, we don't know. You know, it's funny. When, when you look at social media, it's tough sometimes to read exactly what's going on. We, we do that here in America. Me and you, Max, you know, we, we see it all the time. I do that with the New England Patriots. We look at what they do on Instagram, which I think is dangerous because, again, you – can you really get a, a vibe? Those words, you know, again, I haven't seen them, so I don't know. But um, it's interesting if that is true, that it's been posted like that. But, again, it's it's a, it's a tough one. You know, listen, if he wants to be here and wants to be in the Prem, then I would keep him. But if he doesn't want to be here, that's a completely different kettle of fish. I'm going to just share another comment. This is from George Ken. Sell them both. Not good enough. I disagree. I think Geese is good enough. I just don't think Seri's good enough. Max. Yeah, I mean, I, listen, I can totally see the merits of, of what George is saying. Um, to be honest, over the, the course of the season, the Premier League and Gisa was not good enough. I mean, right. that, that's not controversial to say. Has he maybe improved? Maybe. I mean, I think he honestly had a let, – let's be clear. I think he had a pretty good season at Villarreal, people are saying. You know, I've, I didn't watch him play personally, yep. but he got good reviews from his time over there. Yep. Again, that's that's in La Liga. That's a, it's a different league. Again, I, I I don't know enough about the situation to comment. I mean, I feel like we're going in circles here, maybe. But right. my belief, and that really anchors most most of this. My opinion on this is that there's better out in the market, and we have people saying like Brian again in the comments. You know, spend if you're right. selling Lisa, invest that in center back. Which that, that's great. I think that's a great idea. That to yep. me is perhaps as high of a priority, if not as high, as defensive midfield. Our center backs. Because okay. in this moment in time, Rose, who do we have? We have Michael Hector. He's ever knows he's going to start, no matter what happens. Tim Ream, Alfie Mawson, Lamarchant. None of those three options I just said after Hector are just good enough for the Premier League. None. And maybe okay. people can say Alfie Mawson, but if you if you watched us in, in the couple of seasons, you know that's not true. He couldn't even play well in the championship, and he's injured all the time. Right. We need a new center back. That is the biggest need. Um, and we okay, that. because I just put up what our Max's top yeah. needs, actually Mad Max's, <laughs> and you're going with center back. I agree with you. I completely agree with you. And it's funny because whenever I say this, and again, you you and I are American from the U.S., and uh, whenever I say this, I feel like I have to apologize. I love to. I have to say I love Tim Ream. You know, I have to say that, right? You have to say, well, I love Tim Ream. I do. Uh, he actually has done very well for the club. He's not good enough for the Premier League. We know this. We know that we knew that two years ago. So you have to upgrade. You have to. So they need another player. Can fill that bill? I don't know. But I think that they need to get one or maybe two center backs. I also think right back is a huge need. Max, what are your thoughts on right back? Again, uh, we've seen comments of uh, and uh, wanting Matty Cash. 
But, you know, it's funny. I was contacted by a friend of mine who is a Derby County supporter, and he told me that Bogle is much better, and we've been linked to Bogle than Matty Cash. But, again, it's all the silly season. It's all the silly season. But how much of our – how much do you put on needing of – a right back because I, I think that's important too. Yeah, so the options right now are, are Adoy could play there, Christie, or I guess Steven Sessignon. And again, also, we will know none of those players are good enough to start in the Premier League. Not a knock on any of them. That's just a really simple statement. We definitely need a right back. I think I think that's certain. Yep. I, I my opinion though, as someone, you know, as a football, you know, supporter, is that it's easier to cover up the uh, deficiencies at right back than is center back. You can have a weak right back okay. and, and still do all right. But if you have a weak center back, your team will be completely exposed. So I really think center back is a big right. need. Um, but I, I would definitely okay. support buying a right back. Okay. Excellent. All right. Good stuff. Listen, Max, thank you for being up so early in the morning to do a half hour show with me. And uh, I really appreciate it. And uh, I was actually having some technical difficulties. So I'm using a different computer. So if my Video looks a little bit grainy. I'm sorry about that. I'm going to have to fix this uh, when I get back. I'm actually going on vacation starting in a few hours, and uh, hopefully I'll have a solution to uh, some of the technical issues that uh, I was having today. But, Max, before we go, any final thoughts? Yeah. Um, it, first of all, it's great to be back on the show. It's been a bit of a hiatus, but you know, I think everyone's still on that high, the playoff final victory. Uh, we just need right. to back up that optimism, that goodwill with some more signings. And listen, I think we're in an okay position now. Of course, we need signings. We've just yep. talked about that for half an hour. But the Premier League, I think, as people mentioned, a lot of the teams in, the, in that bottom half of the table are similar quality. There, I think there are definitely are three worst teams in us this year. And that gives me hope. Right. I think we can stay up. And, you know, it'll be great just to be back in the best league in the world. A lot will be different for sure, but I think every phone fan will say we want to try ourselves against the best, and we're here now. So let's make the most of it. Okay. All right. Great stuff. And listen, I want to thank everyone for joining us today and everyone that watched after the fact. Just because of timing's sake, I don't think this is going to be a podcast, so I apologize in advance. I think it's just going to be a quick video with Max and me, and we're going to have plenty of coverage of Fulham in the upcoming season. I have huge plans for it. So just want to mention that. But before we go, I just want to say thank you again to Max. But let's wrap this up for Max Cohen. I'm Russ Goldman. Thank you, as always, for watching Cottage Talk. It's the 90th minute and all to play for at the end of the match. All your mates are around. You've got your McDougat share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? I know I'm in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. The secret to visibly firmer, summer-ready skin is here. Osea's number one best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil. Clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and transform dull, dry skin to silky, soft, and unbelievably glowing. Rich yet never greasy, Andaria Algae Body Oil is formulated with sustainably sourced seaweed to help replenish the skin's moisture barrier and seven nourishing active botanical oils for results you can see and feel all over. The best part? It's signature scent. A blend of freshly squeezed grapefruit, cypress, and mango mandarin transports you to sun-kissed summer days. 
This all-natural scent is unforgettable. Everything Osea makes is clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code GLOW at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com, code GLOW. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.